podcast hosting provided by Transistor. If you want to host your own show, head over to Transistor.fm and start a 14-day free trial. Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. I'm your host, Dino, and I'm here also with Chris Soulsby from Motorsport Monday. How's it going, Chris? Yeah, really good. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing very well this week. I am unfortunately recovering from a cold once again. It seems like it's every second week at the moment, but uh, yeah, we're, we're on the mend, so that's all uh, good. That's good. That's good. Glad you're feeling good. Yeah. And how about yourself? Yeah, I'm tired as always, but yeah, I'm coping, coping very much. So yeah, yeah, I'm good, happy. Are you, are you tired from Formula E or are you tired from Game of Thrones? Uh, it's a happy medium, uh, or an unhappy one, should I say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was uh, watching Game of Thrones last night, it just came out and, oh no, <laughs> just exhausted, had about two hours of sleep before this show, so uh, you know. Great, great. So the listeners can expect the very best from you. Excellent. The very best as always. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll try and keep the quality as high as it normally is, but we'll see how we get on. So we'll crack into media of the week. Chris, what is your media of the week? So um, my media of the week is actually a YouTube channel for this one. So um, I've been watching this YouTube channel by a guy called Simon Wilson. His channel's just the same name. And he does very random challenges, so uh, in one episode he sneaks into the Emmy Awards and stuff like that. But um, last year he actually did this challenge where he travels from New York City to Los Angeles over the course of a month or so without any money. What? Without Without any money? Nothing. Whoa. Okay. He literally, yeah, he turns up to New York with nothing. He has a backpack, which has his recording equipment in, his laptop, changing clothes, and nothing else. Not a single penny. And he relies on the kindness of his subscribers and people he just meets through um, random apps like Tinder, Bumble, Couchsurfing. And... That's how he gets his way across America. It's crazy. That's quite cool. It's nice that there's enough people that would, you know, give him a ride, give him some food. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, take him off the streets every now and then. To yeah, exactly. Give him a place to stay. Exactly. It, it, was, it was really awesome. It was really awesome. I, I haven't finished it yet, but it's, it's spectacular. He's been everywhere so far. And he's about two weeks into his challenge. And where I'm at, he's just getting uh, arrived in uh, Louisiana. So he's still got ages to go until he gets there, but fantastic. Fantastic. Check it out. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely have to put links in the show notes for that one. That's amazing. Very good. Uh, my, my media of the week, I've finally, finally seen Avengers. Oh. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if this is going to be a popular opinion, but I would probably only give it about seven and a half out of ten. Ooh, that's controversial. Yeah. I, I mean... 
Then, yeah, okay. No, no, we're not going to do that, just in case yeah, there's people. If, if people haven't seen it by now. Uh, yeah, okay. You know, well, spoilers. You uh, I wanted more of the big battle at the end and less of them looking for stones. Uh, okay, right, right. That, that's all I wanted. That's that's, that's a, what I wanted. That's a, that'll probably be in the, uh, um, in the director's cut. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> so, yeah, um... I was uh, I was expecting more battles, uh, more Spider Man, more of you know more of the good guys, um, but that did not happen. But that's okay. That's okay. It's still one of the largest grossing movies ever to be made. So yeah, it was. Uh, I absolutely loved that film. I thought it was fantastic. I did the midnight showing, of course, because I'm uh, stupid. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, th- I thought it was quite good. And obviously, we've got a Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, Coming out, is it next month? The month after? Not not Spider Man Homecoming. That's been out for years. Spider Man Far From Home. Yes, it's similar. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, yep. Go see it if you haven't. Um. You'll see what I mean. More more fighting is needed. More fighting okay. needed. News. So the ERA Championship is an aspiring series. A um. A formula that's basically going to be two different formulas in one. There is a championship uh, sports class and also a championship innovation class. Now, the drivers and teams in the sports class will be able to compete on an even footing against each other. Standard ERA championship race car, um, a dome chassis, which is combined with 175 horsepower and a 24 kilowatt uh, battery pack. So this is sort of wanting to be like a junior feeder series almost to Formula E. Uh, the innovation class is one that the teams will be able to build their own powertrain and energy storage system uh, into the uh, chassis. Um, now that one is a maximum of 24 kilowatts uh, and also 175 horsepower allowed. But the teams will have more innovation and be able to change different things to utilise different tech solutions. Two events, eight races over four doubleheader weekends at circuits in Belgium, the Netherlands and the UK and live online streaming of every race weekend. So the ERA Championship practice sessions are a 20-minute minimum. So it doesn't really say too much, but uh, a quality session of 15 minutes. Um, so, oh no, one session, 15 minutes, second session, 15 minutes. And no recharging is permitted between the quality sessions and also race one, 23 minutes and race two, 23 minutes. So quite short races. Uh, Chris, what's your thoughts on this one? I mean, it's the first time I've heard of it. Um, but from what I've just, what you've just read, it sounds like quite an interesting championship, really. But it also shows the direction that motorsport is going in, in all honesty. So it, it's nice to see other electric racing series form and, you know, become established. Because this was really, um, it would act as, essentially as a feeder series for Formula E. I just had a look at the um, ERA's site, and it looks like they're using a homologated Formula 4 chassis. Oh. Which I believe is what uh, the W Series uses, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like the W Series is a Formula 3. Is it Formula 3? Smaller than that, then. <laughs> but yeah, that's what they're using. So it's quite quite exciting, really. You know, it's nice. I think I would watch it. Yeah, um, it doesn't really give a date, 
it doesn't really give a date as when it's uh, when it's beginning. But uh, yeah, look out for that one. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Definitely. Venturi becomes the first team to commit to the electric off-road SUV racing series Extreme E. I love this. So Extreme E has announced Venturi is the first one to commit to the series. Now, Venturi actually has a uh, electric vehicle for operation in extreme conditions, um, and they have previously achieved a almost 15,000 kilometer unassisted distance record for an electric vehicle. Uh, so this was a world first from Shanghai to Paris, and on to Monaco. Uh, now, this is impressive as well. It also has recorded world land speed records for electric vehicles on multiple occasions, the latest of which saw the VBB 3 hit 342 miles per hour. Is that insane or what? That is very impressive, especially for an electric car as well. Yeah. 342 miles an hour. That's um, it's quite pacey, that. Yeah. So I think going to Extreme E... Venturi, you know, that with, with that sort of experience, they might be well placed. Yeah, I think uh, Venturi are a they're a very um, special uh, manufacturer in my eyes. So alongside their Formula E stuff, they do all of these uh, global challenges uh, scenarios. So I know they did a, a polar expedition in one of the electric cars, and I'm, I'm not really surprised that. Um, Venturi are the first team to actually sign up to Extreme E. I mean, Gilda Pastor, who um, runs, um, is the chairman of the um, manufacturer, he, he's very passionate about electric cars, electric vehicles, um, battling against climate change. And yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see what Venturi can do in this. And it's nice to see a team commit to um, the championship. It looks like Jean Eric Verne uh, might have some kind of involvement with Extreme E oh, in right. the first season. But um, we'll see when that gets announced. Mm. And the uh, group testing will take place midway through next year, which is quite cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, moving moving quickly, you know. I think the, um, the opening race is in January 2021. But um, for those of you who haven't really heard of Extreme E, it's uh, going to be an off-road racing series that races in climate change-affected environments. They will race in like a deforested area in the Amazon, or I think there's plans for an, a polar race, potentially. Um, don't quote me. Yeah, I think there is actually in the Arctic Circle, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's exciting, it's exciting. And um, it's going to be more run like a, um, instead of coverage being more as a racing series like we see with Formula E, from my understanding, it's going to be more like a documentary style um, shoot, uh, which is, you know, it's quite good. It's quite good. Yeah. There's there's a lot to look forward to, actually. So uh... Yeah, exactly. It's got a very uh, humble mission statement. It just simply wants to, you know, wants to raise... Uh, awareness for climate change so yeah it does that's just a good way to put it yeah so we'll keep you updated on that one now the jaguar ipace e-trophy this was a banger it was good i wasn't really it? enjoyed this yeah it was really really good now the race Cacabueno, uh on pole uh he manages to yeah 
have a pretty dominant yeah dominant race yeah he um was pretty untested throughout the race to be fair uh Sergio Jimenez coming in second and Brian Sellers in third but first we've got to talk about the turn one incident what did you think firstly Brian Sellers and then Radzinski uh with leg causing the red flag I mean to what a mess huh it was an interesting one because in theory it was Sellers who caused the crash so in for the race start, we saw um, the five, led, five red lights went out very, very quickly. And, um, you know, the, the field pulled away. Jimenez got, not Jimenez, Bueno got a very strong start. So did uh, Bueno, Bueno, Jimenez, flipping heck. Um, but then Sellers kind of got a, a slow getaway from third, which allowed Radzinski to pull alongside the American into turn one. And um, Sellers, probably knowing that overtake would be difficult, Lunged straight up the inside of Radzinski and clipped him, which then put Radzinski out wide. And Catherine Legg, who started from sixth, tried to undercut through the accident in an attempt at, which would have been good enough to take fourth, but then was clipped by Radzinski. And I mean, Legg had no chance really. She, um, she piled straight into the barriers, and that was it out of the race. I would say, I would call it a racing incident if I'm entirely honest. It's it is a fine line though. Yeah, I think it was just unlucky. Yeah, I mean, uh, Catherine was very vocal after the crash and blamed Radzinski completely for it. Because you know, unsafe, dangerous, someone could get hurt, which is you know fair enough. But I think he uh, he had very little control over the accident. I believe he did actually have suspension damage as well, because uh, TWI to cheat repaired that in the pit lane. Or at least something wrong with the car. But yeah, unfortunate. But, you know, it's just part of the racing, really. It is. So, uh, Simon Evans coming home in fourth. Uh, the Kiwi, not not doing that great, this one. Um, Yaki Zhang getting his uh, another another uh, win. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the pro am class, followed by Bandar Elisai, uh, great name, uh, <laughs> the VIP driver Anthony Beltois. Yeah, Anthony Beltois. He decided to come home seventh. Um, I think it sort of it sort of felt like he was just I don't know. He just kept out of trouble and um, decided to to stick there. He, he didn't look like he was doing many overtakes, but um, he just kept it clean and, and kept going. Yeah, he had a very nice clean race. You know, he didn't really he didn't really mix it up with the pro and the pro am drivers, which is what you really want in a jacket in one of the VIP cars because we saw um what's it called? Salvador Duran in Mexico City completely wreck some of the races of some of the drivers. But uh Anthony Beltois, uh just you know, it it was nice. He's the um the son of uh, Jean Pierre Beltois, who won uh, the Monaco Grand Prix. In 1974, I want to say. Wow, that's um, a bit of factoids for you. Yeah, bit of trivia. This one, it's completely wrong. It was 1984 or something. But um, have you ever have you ever had something like that come up in in a uh, a pub quiz, and you're like, guys, just leave it to me? I wish. No, um, <laughs> actually, there was. I, I did a pub quiz once, and it was a uh, who's the you know it was just a nice easy question. So who's the uh, most successful British Formula One driver of all time? That's obviously Lewis Hamilton. But um, 
I, I thought that would be like common knowledge, but I was surprised that not many people know that it's Hamilton. My favourite answer was um, Sir Sterling Moss. Oh yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, Sir Sterling Moss, yeah, brilliant driver, but he, he only won about 15 races. Mm. I say only, but you know, it's more than yeah, more than we've got. <laughs> It's more, it's, it's more than we've got. It's more than Most, Hulkenberg's got. Yes, yeah. And Hulkenberg's a top driver. Yeah, so. More than Massa got, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I think Massa only won 13 races. Did he? Right. Yeah. Anyway. More, we will, more uh, facts. We can, we can look that up later. Uh, Celia Martin did have a go at him, though, uh, and almost almost got past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celia Martin. Yeah, that was her. She's got a hat trick of podiums in in Monaco now, but um, yeah, she certainly had a a pop at Beltois in uh, turn three, turn four. But um, it was a nice little attempted overtake. Uh, it was one of the only attempted overtakes we actually saw in the race. It it very nearly did come off. Um, Martin just she she clipped one of the curbs, which just kind of destabilized her car. Uh, but she very nearly did get past. It was close. So yeah, she she continues to impress. Continues to impress. Yeah, uh, and then the other Zhang comes home in at ninth, and Stefan Rosinski uh, he manages to come home tenth after uh, the red flag, and he fixes his car enough to make it round a couple more times. And Ahmed bin Kanan, uh not classified, and Catherine Leg out of the race as well. Yeah. That's um, Bin Kanan keeps on making silly little mistakes, really. And they're proving to be costly. I think it was in San- was it Sanya or Paris or Rome? Oh my god! <laughs> uh, he, he cracked previously. Yeah, previously <laughs> in the IPC Trophy, um, Bin Kanan was running in, running in first or second. I think my memory's going. <laughs> uh, the um. He crashed out from a podium position in the Pro-Am category and um, completely threw, threw away a potentially good result. And again in Monaco, he, uh, he crashed into uh, Yachi Zhang uh, in turn one and broke his car and failed to finish again. And just silly little mistakes from Ben Khan and are costing him. Yeah, you've got you've to stay on the road. Mm-hmm. You've got to stay on the road to get the points. Precisely. So. Unfortunate, but uh, yeah, so fully recommend the IPACE E Trophy Round 7 Monaco. It was, I mean, Monaco, you sometimes feel like, oh, it's a bit of a procession, but this was this was fun. This was a good race. Yeah, it was nice. I, uh, I really enjoyed this one. It was, um, yeah, re- refreshing, I think. I th- I, earlier in the year with the IPACE E Trophy, I think it was maybe, not really, maybe stuck in a rut. Um, it was more of the same thing. But for the past two rounds, we've seen it's been very good. The quality's been there, and it's it's been fantastic. Paris was good. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Amazing race. And then again in Monaco, it, it really did deliver a, um, a nicely packaged you know, race through the Principality. And it, yeah, solid. Go and watch it. Go and solid. watch it. Yeah, solid race. Solid race. Okay. We will now move on to the main event, the Monaco E-Prix. Qualifying, that was a bit of a doozy as well. It was really uh, the Nissan show mm-hmm. with Oliver Rowland. Uh, he was blisteringly fast. Now, if it wasn't for that grid drop, 
he would have won that race no problem at all. Yeah, I think Roland would have been up there. It's just unfortunate because throughout this season, Roland has been very strong in qualifying. His pace over one lap has been incredible. And he's been able to out-qualify Sebastian Buemi in, in most rounds, most of the recent rounds this season anyway. And you've got to remember, Sebastian Buemi is actually a qualifying machine uh, when it comes to it. He's one of the top uh, Formula E drivers. And for Roland to deliver in qualifying is one thing. But he also makes mistakes in the race. And it was a mistake in Paris that got him a three-place grid penalty, which cost him pole. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, um... So Vern uh, comes home in second, but inherits the pole, and uh, I think he will be very happy with that. Yeah. And Verline, good from him, good from the Mahindra. Yeah, so um, Ver- Verline, uh, Mahindra have struggled in recent races. They've been struggling to find performance. It hasn't, it hasn't been a very good run for the Indian Mark. But yeah, they, they, they turned that around in, in Monaco. And uh, Verline qualified in uh, fourth place in the race, uh, in qualifying. Obviously moved up to third because of Rutland's penalty. But then actually inherited the second spot on the front row of the grid uh, for a penalty for Mitch Evans. I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, so um, Mitch Evans uh, originally would have lined up in second alongside Vern. However, was handed a 10-place grid penalty after receiving a reprimand in qualifying for turning his Jaguar I-Type 3 car up to the 250 kilowatt power mode 10 metres early, uh, which was said to give him an unfair advantage over the rest of the field on his actual push uh, flying lap. Um, But for that, Evans got a reprimand, which was his third reprimand of the season, which caused the penalty. So he actually starts from 12th. So very unlucky. Very. <laughs> very unlucky. Right. Uh, next up, who have we got, Chris? So because of, um, because of Evans's penalty, we saw Roland move up to third in the starting order. Uh, so he started, uh, formed the first part of the front row of the grid, of the second row of the grid. But then we had Felipe Massa starting from fourth for Venturi. Which is, you know, it really did put uh, Massa in contention, um, and also obviously ideal on an ideal spot and location for Venturi being in the team's home race. Uh, we had uh, Sebastian Buemi start behind Massa in fifth place, while Alexander Sims was the lead BMW in sixth. Uh, Alex Lynn was seventh after previously qualifying in eighth in the second Jaguar, while De Costa. Uh, everyone's favourite Portuguese racer according to Fan Boost uh, start from 8th place uh, we had Lopez in ninth for Geox Dragon and Stoffel van Dorn in 10th Parisi pre-race winner Robin Freins had a difficult qualifying session and he was only 11th but he uh, he started his qualifying in uh, group 1 obviously obviously uh, Evans settled into 12th place on the grid and Degrassi was 13th uh, Max Gunther originally qualified in 14th, but was also handed a time penalty, uh, and actually a time penalty, a grid penalty, and started from 22nd. Uh, Sam Bird was 14th, followed by Turvey in 15th, 
D'Ambrosio qualified in 17th originally, however, was dropped to 19th for a penalty, which meant out starts from 16th. Then we had Paffitt in 17th, Dillman 18th, D'Ambrosio eventually in 19th, Andre Lodera in 20th, after originally qualifying 22nd, Motara in 21st, and then Gunther, who I mentioned earlier, in 22nd. So we had a lot of penalties in qualifying in Monaco. Yes, it was uh, a bit of carnage, but uh, yes, the race. Now, the race was incredible. Yeah, it was a good one. So Monaco, the jewel in the Formula One crown, it it normally is a procession, uh, unless it's wet, of course. But in Formula E, there was a lot of passing. Mm -hmm. And most of that passing was the bird. Oh, God. Sam Bird. What a Incredible. It it was really good. Um, I felt that the race, to start off with, it was a bit of a procession, as he said. And then Sam Bird just kind of took this approach of, we're just going to overtake everyone. And the textbook manoeuvre after textbook manoeuvre, really. And I think drivers just thought, oh, actually, it is possible, you know. And they just copied him. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. Sam Bird went, oh, YOLO. And then everyone else found out how to pass and decided, hmm, I'm going to give that a go. Yeah, so. Uh-huh. It was like the, it was like a eureka moment, really, wasn't it? Like, Sam Bird makes it an overtake. Wow, that works. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Brilliant. And Sam Bird. Oh. Now, so the start of the race, Vern leads off the start from uh, Pascal Verline, and then a few laps go by, and then Pascal goes wide and drops to fourth. Uh, do you know what happened here? Was it uh, something with the car, or did it just uh, locked up and uh, from from Pascal? I I think it was just a, I think it was just a simple mistake. In all honesty, he had a Roland chasing from behind. I think he was on a two hundred and fifty kilowatt run, a two hundred two hundred twenty five kilowatt run uh, through attack mode, and I think he just locked up in the turn one, which obviously cost him quite dearly, dropping out the podium positions. Unlucky for him. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, the team play with the BMWs. It looked like Alexander Sims uh, helped out De Costa to to pass. Uh, was it Alex Lynn? Yeah, it was Alex Lynn. It looked like um, BMW. You know, it was, it was. You know, there is no I in team. Uh, to quote it, and um, yeah, it, mm. it looked like uh, Alexander Sims uh, per- the slowed. Alex Lynn to help De Costa overtake, um, which is you know, hats off to the guy. But um, in Monaco, we saw uh, Alexander Sims was a tr- he was a true team player. Uh, if that, if that, I don't know if that was the case with him, you know, get helping uh, De Costa overtake uh, Lynn. But yeah, when De Co- when De Costa was on two hundred and twenty five using attack mode, um, Sims actually led his teammate through purely because he was faster. Um, I don't know if that was team play from Andretti, simply because De Costa's a, uh, a title challenger, while Sims essentially isn't. Uh, I, I don't know, but it was very, very nicely done. I think uh, the call went out from Sims asking, okay. "Do you want to let? Do you want to let De Costa through?" Yeah. yeah. So, so very, uh, very unselfish. So, uh, yeah, that was that was good from Sims. Yeah, it was good, you know, he's um, very much thinking about the championship and it isn't often you have a driver who's willing to, um, we're not working work in a team environment, but is willing to sacrifice track position uh, for his teammate, purely for the benefit of the team. 
So it's very mature for the driver. I was very impressed. It is. Yeah. And uh, BMW needs those points for sure at the moment. Yeah, it's, it hasn't been a great run for BMW, has it? And uh, No. No. It, it's just kind of stagnated. They had the pace in race one and race two, but they haven't had much recently. Well, I um I did hope for them um to you know carry on after their first good start, but uh, at the start of the season, I did I did predict them to be a wee way down the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean we've had a we've had the consistency on have we? <laughs> we've had the performances on De Costa's side, but for Sims, I d- I don't think he's had a clean race weekend to date. Unfortunately, he got a penalty in Adiria. Obviously, crashed into his teammate, or was crashed into by his teammate in uh, whichever way in you Marrakech. want to look at it. <laughs> I'll tell both sides of the story. Um, Santiago, he was hit by um, no, he apparently hit Eduardo Motara and got a penalty. He cladded the wall a few, a fair few times. Uh, Hong Kong, uh, he was, yep. yeah, it hasn't been. He great. was taken out. He was taken uh, out in Paris, obviously. Yeah, by the uh, PK. Yeah, I think, yeah, it just... PK just lost his wheel uh, on Vernon. Yes, the, yeah, that was, that was Mexico City. Uh, uh, yep, so he's just the the luckiest, uh, unluckiest He's driver. always at the wrong place oh. at the wrong time. And he had the, place in, the pace in pre-season testing. And qualifying in Monaco shows that he is quick and pacey behind the wheel. But it's just about getting a clean race in, which yet it hasn't happened, unfortunately. It's a shame. So now we've talked about birds sending it up the inside repeatedly. Um, who else really stood out to you in this race? Uh, for sending it up the inside, or no, just just in in general. Okay, I reckon I reckon Massa's race was quite good. Yeah, yeah, Massa was good. Massa did a good job. Yeah, obviously finished on the podium for Venturi, which was his maiden podium finish. What a, what a place to do it at as well, Monaco. He lives in Monaco, um, has done for many years. It was the team's home race. It, Massa had all of his family there, his, uh, little, his son uh, watching on, his wife. Um, it was a very emotional podium for him, but driver of the day. Um, hmm. I'm going to say Andre Lotterer. Ah, Andre Lotterer. Why would you go Andre Lotterer? So Lotterer had an absolutely... I mean, I'm going to be honest, he had a crap uh, qualifying result. He qualified in 22nd, promoted to 20th on the grid through penalties. And then he fought his way through the field very quietly, very quietly. He did benefit from a few, a few incidents ahead. But he fought through the field to take ninth of the checkered flag. And that did become seventh, which we'll discuss later because of a few penalties post-race. But um. He turned a seemingly terrible, uh, what could have been a terrible day, around, and he salvaged a nice little collection of points to maintain his championship position. Which it was, it was nice. When I was watching it, it, um, it reminded me of his drive in Berlin in um, 2018, where he, uh, he uh, in Berlin last year, I don't know if anyone remembers, but Lodra, um started from the back of the grid, because he picked up a penalty uh, for his incident. I think it was his incident with Bird at the Paris Pre last year. And he fought from 22nd, sorry, 20th on the grid back then, to claim ninth position. 
in a very strategy-driven race. And, yeah, I was very, very impressed with Lotterer. Because this year we've really seen him mature as a driver. He's been fantastic. He's been unlucky at times. He's been unlucky at times. He's He's been unlucky when yeah. leading the race. Yes. He obviously got taken or out else by he would burn. be the championship leader. Yeah. Simple as that, you know. I was really very impressed. Very impressed by Lodra. I think he's probably one of the standout drivers of the season so far, in all honesty. He hasn't won a race yet. He hasn't won a race yet. But he's been there or thereabout. And through sheer consistency, that's how he is in the position that he is in the, in the championship. So that's my case for the German. Yes, um, I will will take the time now to uh, plug the competition that we're doing. It has got a couple days left, so you can win a Robo Race Hot Wheels car. And uh, why I'm choosing to plug it now is that Toby Blum, uh, he put forward once we asked uh, what or which driver do you think will win the championship and why. And he said Andre Lotterer will win the championship without winning a race this season. I thought that was pretty good, pretty funny. That's that's not a bad shout. <laughs> it's not a bad shout. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's probably one of my favourites, actually. Yeah, it's quite a good one. Can I enter? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll see if that comes to pass. Um, I'm going to go with. Oh, you have to give it to you have to give it to Bird or oh, who was battling in the pack? Alex Lynn was battling in the pack as well. But um, Bird, yeah, I mean, how many positions did he make up? He was he was really unlucky not to finish the race. Yeah, yeah, he had a nice little race, didn't he, Mister? Uh, he did, Mister Mister Robertick. Yeah, he yeah, really turned so it we're up. We're going to give it to Bird. Yeah. No, I think that's a fair shout. That's a fair call. Okay, uh, the after race penalty fest. Antonio Felix de Costa disqualification from the race. Uh, the maximum total power usage recorded at 228 kilowatts on the last two laps. Now, max is meant to be 225. Yeah. So something was going wrong with this car. Daniel Apt, a drive through penalty converted into a time penalty of 33 seconds, uh, causing a collision with car number 16, Oliver Turvey. And so Turvey had to retire. Alexander Sims with a, a drop of five places in the next race. Now, this one I thought was a bit... Ah, uh, this is, you know... I thought the Sims penalty was quite justified. Yeah? Yeah, so um, the, for the Sims penalty, it happened... It was for uh, a 10-3 incident. So it was... Um, it, it caused Lucas Degrassi to retire from the race. And quite honestly... Oh, that's yeah, right, yeah. No, he deserved yeah, that. Yeah, he, des- he deserved <laughs> that. It was clumsy from him. He was he was just yeah, there. Okay. He was just driving along, and Degrassi yeah, lunged yeah, yeah. around the outside. <laughs> and Sims just clearly didn't look at his mirrors and just put him in the wall. <laughs> just turned into him. Bang! Degrassi yeah, okay. out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that one's just a, a no-brainer. Right. I forgot about that for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um. Just a clumsy little move. Oh, I feel bad for actually praising Sims now because that was just. Yeah, anyway, uh, Robin Frains, a drop of five grid positions in the next race. Uh, the stewards have examined the video evidence and heard from the drivers of car number four and car number 27 uh, and therefore determined that the driver of car four was responsible for the collision. So this one was a little bit earlier in the race. Uh, Robin Frains. 
Yeah, it was um, just... He went for a space that wasn't there. I know uh, Erden Senna famously said, uh, you know, if you if you no longer go for a space that, that that's there, you're no longer a racing driver. Um, but if you go for a space that isn't there, you're either Pastor Maldonado or, in this case, Robert Frines. Um, he, he just kind of... He lunged up the inside of Sims, into t- Sims again into turn one, hit the side of the BMW, went into the wall... Wrecked his car. I think it was deserved. Now, Jean-Éric Verne, a fine of $5,000. No, 5,000 euros even. Uh, the driver did not drive with his seat belts properly fastened after the end of the race in the cool-down lap. Now, if I was Jean-Éric Verne, I couldn't really care less. Um, <laughs> and I would pull the 5000 out of my back pocket, which I'm sure Jean-Éric gets paid quite a lot of money. Uh, now, <laughs> to be able to, you know, get his hands out of the car and, uh, you know, put the number one digit yeah, up. Yeah, precisely. I thought that was great. Yeah, I thought it was quite good, you know, it was brilliant. He won't care, the team won't care. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a lot of money to me and you, but 5,000 euros is nothing to a racing driver, is it, of that calibre? So. You know, I don't know if he's on a million or whatever, but yeah, it's, it's sort of like a parking ticket. Exactly. Uh, for you and For you and me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can get big parking tickets, but not, you know, not 5K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought it was fair. So, alrighty. Now, the championship standings. Jean-Eric Verne puts himself from 6th to 1st on 87 points, one ahead of his teammate Andre Lotterer. Robin Frains drops down to 3rd. Uh, Antonio Felix da Costa in 4th. 5th on the same points, Degrassi. Evans, D'Ambrosio, Roland, Apt, and Bird. And those 10, I still think, are the ones that can win this championship. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone below Bird. Uh, in 11th, you've got Mortara on 52, Verline 51, who I think potentially out of it now, unfortunately. Boemi Massa, uh, Van Dorn, Sims, Gunter, uh, Paffer, Turvey, Lynn, picking up four points. Uh, Lopez... PK and Dillman and NASA with a naught. The team's championship, DS to Cheetah, storming away with it, 173 points. Envision Virgin, 135, and Audi, 129. In fourth, Mahindra, 116, Nissan, 99, BMW, 88, Venturi, 84, Panasonic Jaguar, 74. And then you got HWA on 28, Geox Dragon with 13, and Neo on 6. Do you see any of those positions changing, Chris? Um, oh, I think DS the Cheetah is in a very strong position right now. I think it might be their year in the team's championship, I'm not going to lie. Do you think that one of the two Audi-powered machines... Could you know upset them again this year, or do you think it's 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 you know that's a DS to cheetah? Mm, I think it's just DS to cheetah, really. It, they've only got a slender lead, and it could very easily turn around in the next race, depending on the race result. But right now, I can't see Envision Virgin challenging. They failed to score any points again in Monaco, which wasn't great for them. I can't see them challenging. I think, if anything, it would be Audi. But even then, I think the Audi car is consistently reliable. 
but might not doesn't have the pace really. Um, and again, they fail to fail to score any points in Monaco. Uh, Mahindra, I would say, is fairly fairly set on f- maybe third or fourth. They could push for second. And the rest of the pack, really, it's just kind of a fight between uh, Nissan, BMW, Venturi, and I suppose Jaguar for the battle for fifth downwards. Then, of course, you've got the battle at the back, which is HWA, Geox Dragon, and Neo. I think uh, I think HWA is going to get ninth. I don't think uh, Dragon or or Neo will will get get over twenty eight points. Yeah, I think I would agree with you there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it seems like it's all to play for in that midfield. Yeah, exactly. I would say so. I think it, I mean I think the entire championship's all to play for. I wouldn't quote myself on anything that I've just said because it's, it's Formula E. But uh, <laughs> just no one knows what's going to happen, really. But um, yeah. I think DS Trade is is looking very strong right now. There's of course sadly only four races to go. Only four races, three locations, three weekends, just three. It's uh, almost over. We will go back to the drivers' championship. Uh, Jean Eric Verne taking the lead. Will he now maintain it? Thoughts. Oh, <laughs> uh, putting me on the spot here. Um, yes, that's what we like to do here. No, he won't. Ooh. Controversial. Who will win? Who will win? He will win the Drivers' Championship. Yeah. Um, oh, Lord. I'm going to say Lotterer. Lotterer? I think Lotterer will be a candidate, purely because of, because of his consistency. I'm going to say that he's going to win the Berlin E-Prix as well. Uh, just to make a bold prediction. Um, I'm going to go with Verlein to win the other German. Okay. That's a good shout. Oh, Epps the German as well. Whoops. <laughs> Apt was, dom- was very dominant in Berlin as well um, last season. He he got the, what was it? He got the triple, didn't he? He did everything. That was my first Formula E race. And he, uh, oh, what a race. Flipping heck, he dominated the thing. He got pole, fastest lap, and the win, and Degrassi came second. Audi clean sweep. It was crazy yeah there was okay well um we'll go with we'll go with the prediction of one of the germans to win yeah how's that we'll say one of the germans that that covers most bases anyway <laughs> one of the few germans yes yeah i think it'll yeah, i'm gonna say lodra but for the championship overall i don't know who'll get it well who do you think uh i still still reckon degrassi can do it okay it's only it's only seventeen points. I still think he can do it. Anyone could do it, really. I'm I'm just. I I like to see. Uh, I'd like to see Roman Frains, but I think mm-hmm. the going to do it. I'm just looking at uh, Oliver Rowland, who's in eighth at the moment with fifty nine points. He's a bit further back than others, but if he's able to, you know, match his qualifying pace with his, you know, ability in the race, then. He could be with a shout, you know. And that's the thing. He's also in Group 2. So, you know. Yeah, that's very true, actually. Uh, and you see Degrassi, Da Costa, Frains, Lotter, Verne in Group 1. They start at the back, pick up a couple of points, but Roland gets the win. Game on. Well, exactly. I mean, this is what we're seeing this season. Every race is just, it's just a role reversal, really. And I, I I saw this statistic where a driver who wins 
a race, in the in the next race in the uh, calendar, they'll probably have a very poor result, and that's simply because they'll be in Group 1 for qualifying. And um, in Monaco, again, we saw the Group 1 disadvantage, and uh, Da Costa was the highest Group 1 starter. I believe he started from P8, P7, something like that. Yeah, uh, After like the penalties. That. But yeah. And that's the beauty of Formula E, really, isn't it? We, we see this closely group championship fight, and given the qualifying session format, it, it maintain you, maintain, maintain use, what a good word. <laughs> it maintains its um, um, unpredictability, really, simply because it's always jumbled up. It's been brilliant. It's, it's, this is, and I haven't been a, a fan for as, as long as some people, but this one is, is just, I've enjoyed it a lot more than season four. Yes. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's been exceptional. It definitely was a good, uh, if you haven't seen it before, it's a good good way to get into the series. Just it's so exciting. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this will end. It doesn't seem very long ago since John Eric Byrne won last season. It, it doesn't seem like it's, you know, it's almost over again. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely mad. It feels like the championship only started yesterday and we're almost at the end now. Four races it does. Three, which, three weekend, which is sad, really. We, yeah, and then we're, we're back on slim pickings and news for, uh, for you listeners. So, yeah, um, make sure you get in touch, ask us questions, you know. Talk to us, or else we're not going to have much to uh, much to go on. It'll be slim pickings. I'll uh, keep my eyes peeled for news. <laughs> That might be all for this episode. Uh, again, uh, thank you, Chris. It's been it's been awesome to yeah review the Monaco E Prix with you. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, Motorsport Monday uh, is an online magazine from some of the best motorsport writers, uh, including Chris. And uh, you can download every episode free or every issue free, I should say. Uh, there is a link in the show notes. And Chris is the Formula E editor, and obviously great great content every week. So give it a read. I noticed once again that just before we hopped on to uh, to the podcast that uh, the next episode was out. Is there any any f- cool features in there? Yeah, in uh, issue three hundred and fifteen of Motorsport Monday, we've got more exciting content. Really, we've got uh, obviously the Spanish Grand Prix for Formula One. We've got Formula Two and Formula Three action. And of course, what we've just discussed, uh, Formula E and the Jaguar IPC Trophy, as fronted by me. We had the IndyCar Grand Prix at uh, Indianapolis Motor, Speed, Motor Speedway, where uh, Simon Pagano took a, a spectacular victory, really, in the wet. Oh, I've, I've got to definitely watch that one. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a good race. It's a very good race. So we've got that as well. And of course, more exciting content with the regulars, F1 Shortcuts, the Sports Car Digest. And uh, pace notes from the World Rally Championship, which of course we also have. So uh, be sure to check out issue three hundred and fifty of uh, you know I hope your favourite uh, motorsport magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So uh, hey, you know it's it's awesome that it's free. I mean, I, I can't get over the fact that you don't have to pay anything for it. So thank you for the time that you put into it, Chris. Uh, no worries. <laughs> Until two AM this morning with the magazine. It was a oh. yeah, a lot of hard work goes into the magazine, and it's uh, produced with a lot of care and a lot of dedication from a, a very dedicated team. 
And, uh, yeah, you know, for sure. we, we appreciate people reading through our work. And, um, you know, yeah, very proud of it. Very proud of the magazine. So uh, please talk to us. Uh, we love to talk to the community. And all questions, show feedback to hello at regenracingpodcast.com. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and uh, that'll give you more info um, about the podcast and places to subscribe if you're not already, and our website, regenracingpodcast.com. If you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, that would be awesome. Uh, we've got a couple of reviews on Podchaser, but uh, yeah, it'd be cool to have some more on there to boost us up the charts. And uh, this intro music, Danelle Armour, featuring Sarah DeWarren Gallery, and it is used with permission from Danelle Armour. Check out his amazing music, all major platforms. Thank you for listening once again. We will talk to you again after Ber- Berlin. Yep. See you then. Adios. Actually, what's 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 buy for what's buy in uh, in German? Um, I'll feed Because <laughs> I don't know Guten Tag. All right, see you, listeners. <laughs>